Welcome back to the Bill Michael Show. Final hour of the program getting underway. We are broadcasting live at the Lakers Ice Center here in Sheboygan. It is the Greater Midwest RV Show brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV. K-U-N-E-S. Go to CunisRV.com. Over 1,500 units in stock. That's a ton of inventory. And uh, they've had all kinds of accessories and such out here. It's kind of a camper's dream. And just to go and look at all the different floor plans, brand new, even vintage Vintage uh, tow behinds, fifth wheels, motorhomes, travel trailers. Cool stuff, man. Cool stuff. Hey, if you're going to get out over the weekend, maybe even tonight for a fish fry, check out our friends at Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Sunset Grill on Pewaukee right there on Prospect Avenue. Stop in and tell them we said hi. Great place to go and watch the games this weekend as well if you're going to be out and about. Um, The one thing that uh, was asked to me was, did you see the Thanasis headbutt last night? Do you think he was wrong for doing it? I hate Blake Griffin. I didn't mind seeing Blake Griffin take one right in the snot locker. Uh, and that's from Artie. Artie, anytime you throw a headbutt, you're going to be wrong for doing it. Now, Blake Griffin was not overly egregious in grabbing him around the neck just to kind of prevent the. He didn't throw him to the ground. I, look, let, let, me, let me preface this whole thing, okay, real quick. I'm not, nor have I ever been, a fan of Blake Griffin. Never. Uh, he's always been kind of one of those players you love to hate. And he's not overwhelmingly dirty, but it just seems like him and Draymond Green, they're always involved in something, you know? When there's something on the floor in a game that, that's going on and they're participating in, it's always those two guys. Just always seems to be. Blake Griffin just has a way about him to get under your skin, okay? so But he's a trem- he was a tremendous player. Now he's relegated to the bench. But... He's always got something going on. He did not grab Thanasis aggressively around the neck. He just didn't want him to go up and make an easy bucket. But at that point in the game, when you're up by 50, who cares? You know? So he wasn't aggressive, but the move itself was pretty much unwarranted at that point in the game. So Thanasis took exception to it, thus the headbutt, and then he ends up getting injected from the game and it got the ovation on the way out the door. I I just uh, no. Should he have headbutted him? No, no. And and let me say this: if you're gonna do that, get your money's worth, man. Get your money's worth. Don't just give him one of those little pats with your forehead. Get your money's worth, man. Uh, but everybody else came to you know Blake Griffin's defense, and and then Thanasis gets tossed, and he'll get fined, which I'm sure you know. I'm sure his big brother's got a little bit of cash laying around. I'll probably can pay the fine for him. But, no, it's it's not worth it to do that. And, you know, I don't know what to say. That guy's not not the best. So it's just frustrating to watch the Bucks go down so badly last night, losing five of the last seven to the, uh, to the Celtics. Five of the last seven to the Celtics. And uh, the one they won this year, was a game that the Celtics kind of played the scrubs. I mean, their leading scorer was Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, everybody else uh, of ilk sat in that contest. And the Bucks, it took everything they had to win that game. So, um, you know, do I have a, a nervousness when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, the, the, the Bucks in the postseason and taking on the Celtics? Yeah. I think it'd be crazy not to. That That's going to be a hell of a series. If the Bucks are going to win it... They like last night. They got out physical. 
Uh, but the, the 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 Bucks had a bucket. I mean, they they had a lid on the bucket last night. They could not hit a shot to save their life from beyond the arc. They were terrible, terrible last night. Um, but you know, granted, they had a few open looks. They didn't fall. But also, the Celtics defense, as quick as it is, also harassed shooters last night. So you got to give credit to the Celtics for what they've done. They beat up on the Bucks on Christmas Day. They beat the hell out of the Bucks again last night. Will this loss, you know, fuel that uh, that that fury within the Bucks to say, okay, th- this was an embarrassment, and we lost to lost to them? But you know, it is what it is. So there you go. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Kevin wants to know if we've talked about the hire for uh, Badger Hockey. Ben, uh, do you follow Badger Hockey much? Not really. Okay. I used to cover it back in my younger days, but yeah. at this point, no, I don't. They're just trying to climb their way back into prominence, trying to get a few wins from where they were winning titles over a decade. What was it, about a decade ago? Maybe a little bit more that they won a, the men's team won a, won a title? It was before my time here. I yeah. can confirm that. Yeah. So I think uh, it's been a while since they've had success, and then obviously firing the coach and bringing in new coaches and such, and hopefully they get back at it. The women's program's fine. Women's program's fine. I I know people do, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. Maybe you could flip-flop the Bucks and the Badgers now because the Bucks have won a championship and have had success. Badger football, though, with Luke Fickle certainly has – put them back on the map in a big way. I don't even know what the expectation would be, should be, could be going into next season, but there certainly seems to be a, a huge level of expectation, almost an unrealistic level of expectation for the for the Badgers at this point, football-wise going into the season. Certainly there's disappointment coming out of the season regarding Greg Gard and the basketball program, but going into next year, I think the seat is a little warm, and the expectation is top four in the Big Ten. I don't know if it's realistic or not, but I think people are like, okay, you've had a couple of years, a couple down years now. Transfer portal, a couple news guy, new guys. Young guys got experience. All right, now we want to see results. Now it's time. Um, when just a, what was a year or two ago, uh, great guards went in the Big Ten. You know, it, it, it's, I don't want to say spoiled, but it's become expected in the state of Wisconsin to get back to uh, the tops in the Big Ten and back into the NCAA tournament. So anyway, there's a lot of things trending in the right direction. Badger hockey is not something that uh, falls into the top two or three or four list. It's probably lower on the lower on the totem pole, but God knows there's a ton of pride in the in the Badger program from where it was to where it is. So I, I don't really have much of an opinion on it other than the fact that I've been to a few Badger hockey games, both men and women, and I love it. I enjoy it. I enjoy going to it. You're talking about some uh, some hockey at some of its purest level because it's not the professional fighting and such and and, you know, and again, it's kind of like if you prefer the college game of basketball versus the pro game of basketball, you know. So I, I enjoy it. I've had a lot of fun. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, Gary says council is not to blame for the Brewers players not being able to hit. That's ignorant. Talent acquisition and the scouting department is where this team is actually built. Um, I never blame a manager for the lack of hitting on a baseball team. That's why you have a hitting coach, and that's what you're paying players to do. 
if you pay players a lot of money and they are consistently throughout their career bad and maybe they have one good year to earn themselves a contract, then you bought into them and you will never do it again. And that will be the only big contract that they ever get. It just is. So uh, I don't uh, – I don't fault head coaches for you. Can look at managers and say, okay, what are you batting a guy that's you know got a seasonal two thirty average for in the top five or six? But for the most part, beyond that, there's nothing you can do. You know, managers they write out the lineup unless you can start benching guys. If you've got a guy hitting three fifty versus a guy hitting two thirty, and you keep running the two thirty guy out there, okay, then you've got yourself some legitimacy. But beyond that, all you can do is put out the lineup. The best possible way you can, maybe you go lefty-righty, lefty-righty, or maybe you try to put them in the best position to be successful when it comes to matchups and statistics and such, because God knows baseball is full of analytics when it comes to matchups. But beyond that, once they're out there, they're out there. There's not much you can do. You can't go hit for them, you know. Um, I'm sure every coach, every manager puts an emphasis on hitting, you know, situationally and just kind of grip it and rip it. And if a guy just simply can't make contact and the strikeouts are prevalent, well, then <laughs> it's just a guy that's not seeing a ball very well. And certainly there's been a book on him and, uh, you know, pitchers and for whatever reason have his number. But I don't, uh, I don't fault a manager for that. Only thing you can do with a manager is talk about pitching moves. You can talk about putting guys in position to be successful uh, but I 100% agree with you. A lot of baseball is more about the talent acquisition and the ability for players to play than it is the manager. There's been many a manager that's been fired trying to go in and turn around a bad baseball team with bad personnel. You know? Um, you know, people talk about Joe Madden. Look at Joe Madden. He had a pretty good baseball team in Chicago. A lot of talent. Got that talent to finally play together and come together. Took a few veterans really to kind of guide that team and lead that team. And ultimately against Cleveland, they get themselves a championship. And it, and it happened. Joe Madden happened to be a part of that. Then as the talent acquisition started to descend, some of those guys became free agents. They couldn't pay everybody. And all of a sudden, Joe's asked to do the exact same thing with a lesser team. And then he goes out to Los Angeles hoping to put all the egos together out there. That's basically the Bermuda Triangle of managerial candidates. You go to the uh, Los Angeles Angels, man, it doesn't matter the level of talent they have. They just they can't figure out how to win. Sometimes losing breeds losing, and the stench of it just becomes so obnoxious that you're just used to it, and things just happen. But uh, when it comes to baseball, it's really, it's really batter versus pitcher, and everything else comes into play after the fact. Baseball is just a different animal. You know, it just is. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. How much do you put on a manager, Ben? Did what was the study that managers can account for anywhere from a negative five to a positive five, or like a ten game swing in decision making, and that's about it? I think that's the case, but with like the bad managers, I would say are are it's easier to be worth negative five wins. I believe is what it showed than it is to be positive five. Mm -hmm. Most hover a really good manager would hover in the plus three or four range. And there are very few that get up to five, but I mean, a lot of it is like the Phillies had a test case last year where they fired Girardi after a terrible start. They, Mm -hmm. they promote Rob Thompson, the bench coach, and then they take off. And part of that is not a single thing he did with the lineups or with any actual on field coaching. It just his vibe. 
which is very hard to quantify. But yeah. there is something to be said there. But I don't think it it would grow above five wins in either direction. I just think mm-hmm. they needed someone other than him to be there. So that's a big impact you can have. But, yeah, with with Council, who I think is one of the really good ones, I would say he's worth a couple wins overall over the course of the season. It's just clear for the his, use of, his roster's yeah, not it, good enough. Right. Just for the use of the analytics and the way he's been able to manipulate the roster between him and David Stearns over the years, they have really – I've said it uh, many, many times. I think I, – I, I and, and I'll stand by this. I think that Craig Council is one of the better managers in baseball. I really do. Um, and I know some people would disagree, but I think he has milked the most wins out of some of these teams as he could. You know, between him and David Stearns and the roster ha- they have and the way they manipulate the roster and bring guys up and send guys down, I think that they have done uh, a, a tremendous job at just milking the most wins out of this organization with what is considered to be good but not great talent by any stretch and be able to compete with the teams that are able to go out and buy talent. And, and I know that that's that's not much consolation to many people who just want to see the team and the, and the franchise win, but I really do. I think they have milked – and every manager makes mistakes. I'm not going to argue that, but I think they have milked the most out of this team over the last few, few years, few seasons, uh, that anybody could. Uh, Ryan says, can I get a 21-game prediction? I think they're going to be 7-14. and 14. Um, Wow. 7-14, and 14, that's, that's, uh, that's tough. Um, if they start off that way, just going to take a look real quick because I don't have the, the schedule sitting in front of me. Uh, so they've got uh, the Cubs, they open up, then the, the Mets come to town, the Cardinals come to town, the Diamondbacks are, then they go on that West Coast swing. Oh, my God, they go to Arizona, San Diego, and Seattle before they come back home to take on the Boston Red Sox on April 21st. Um, Arizona's not good. St. Louis is, New York is, San Diego is. You know, I, I after the first 21, 7 and 14, 9 and 11 might not be bad. You know, God, if you can just stay, you know, 10 and 11, 11 and 10, somewhere in there, you're great. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a juggernaut to start the season off with. No doubt about it. That might not be a, okay. I'll, I'll I'll go a couple games better. I'll say nine and nine and nine and twelve. Nine and twelve, first twenty-one games. Nine and twelve, which would not be horrible. You'd like to see that flip-flop, but nine, nine and twelve. We'll go with that. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up again. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Coming up here in about a half an hour. Stay tuned. We'll have what did we miss today. Our good buddy Ben Kenny is going to be uh, chiming in with some of the topics that we might not have covered today. By the way, we are broadcasting live out here in the uh, in the convention or not the convention center, the ice center. Uh, thanks to our friends at Cunis RV, K U N E S Cunis RV. It's the Greater Midwest RV Show in the uh, Lakers Ice Center here in Sheboygan. And don't forget, they carry everything from Jayco Alliance, Coachman, Dutchman, Forest River, Gulfstream, Nexus. That's what we have. Uh, for the RV this year, Keystone, Winnebago, Redwood, so much more, so much more. Whether it's a motorhome, a fifth wheel, camper van, travel trailer, Cunis RV has got you covered. And they are the, they. it was just announced, they are the number one dealership in the state of Wisconsin. 
number one in Wisconsin. Hands down. Congratulations to them and offering top dollar for your trade in as well. That's our friends at Cunis, K U N E S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's a fish fry Friday, and uh, if you're going to be out in the bow, especially out in Lake Country, the Oconomowoc area or up in Watertown, Stoley's Hog Alley, which is out in Lake Country, Stoles Old 109 in Watertown, uh, voted uh, by the by, by many in those areas, best fish fry. They have a terrific atmosphere. Uh, not that you're going to be sitting outside today, but they have inside and outside seating. Um, and uh, whether it's the burgers and the pizza they uh, or the wonderful staff, they're friendly. Uh, cold beer and uh, Stolzel 109 TVs everywhere with good live music. Uh, doesn't matter which uh, which place you go to. Uh, Jeff and Alicia Stoll, they have got a lot of good stuff going on with both places. Venice Beach Road and Oconomowoc, better known as Summit. That's Stoley's Hog Alley. Stolzel 109 on County Road R. That is in Watertown. Both, both places just tremendous. Uh, stop and tell them, you know, howdy, because they're just good people. Hey, um, what was I just looking at here? Um Where'd it go? Oh, um, so Ben, are you excited at all for tomorrow night in the Final Four? Because we've got a full slate of sports tomorrow. We've got baseball during the day and the Final Four beginning tomorrow evening going into tomorrow night. Are you excited for the Final Four at all? Are we paid in any way by CBS or anything related no, we to are the not. Final Four? No, we are not. We not are. really. No. <laughs> okay. It's just like, okay, like UConn does it for me. I'm interested in them. They're really good, and they've domi- they've ran everybody they've played off the court. But not mm-hmm. one other team in this Final Four does it for me at all. I, I'm not drawn right. to watch them. And this, like, yes. it was. It's awesome that they're making runs, and, and it's exciting. I would love to have seen some of the top-notch teams in it. You know, now this is my if if UConn wins and wins it all. Okay, and you're right because UConn beat Iona, 87-63, crushed them, 70-55. They won by 15 over St. Mary's, the number five. Then they went on to uh, beat Arkansas, 88-65, blew them out. They beat Gonzaga, 82-54, blew them out. Now they face Miami. Uh, At the beginning of the tournament, remember when I took that picture and I posted it? uh, I said, here's my bracket, and everybody, you know, kind of everybody looks at everybody else's bracket. Now, granted, my bracket, uh, for the most part, blown up. I have three out of my final four. They They were gone early on in this tournament. I still can win the tournament. If UConn wins it all, if UConn wins it all, I can still win the tournament. That's all I need is UConn to win it all. And uh, I've, I'm in three or th- uh, four, four different tournaments, uh, two of which I will win because of the mass amount of upsets that took place in this tournament this year. Uh, so nobody picked it. Everybody kind of picked the same games. Nobody picked UConn, though, to be this far. So because UConn's gone far and the points accumulate as time goes on, uh, I, I'm, I'm giddy because two out of the uh, four, pole, four pools that I was in, one of them, my buddy and I, we both pool our money because uh, it's, a, it's a larger pool. And uh, we, we have to put – we each throw in a few, few hundred bucks, we'll say, and we pool our money in that one. If we win that one, I'm, 
I'm excited because there's a whole bunch of people in that one. That that pot's pretty large. But I just wonder if all the people that ripped me, some of them being the Marquette fans that ripped the hell out of me that said UConn's never going to go that far. And I just had this feeling about UConn. They were playing good down the stretch. I've watched them more than a few times. It's just like, boy, they're just, for the right team and the right matchup, they were just a nightmare. And they've proven that. That's my only solace in all of this. Otherwise, I would, I'm like you. I would ha- not have much of a rooting interest. But UConn has given me that hope that, oh, my God, if UConn can just, if they can beat Miami, I get the feeling. Now, San Diego State's been pretty tough, and they've figured out ways to win. But I think if UConn beats Miami, that UConn is going to be the national title holder. And I will be buying dinner come Tuesday. So now you've got a rooting interest, Ben. I don't know if I'm going to watch, if I'm being honest. I will honest. have DoorDash shipped to you during the show on Tuesday if they end up winning it all. Okay. I won't say no. <laughs> I mean, it's baseball season, you know? Right? Yeah. I, I'm well, locked into to- MLB tonight. I'm locked into quick pitch. I just all hey, things. Hey, didn't, didn't you get a tech, or uh, didn't I see uh, somebody had said that you uh, tweeted something out and they used it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't tweet it at them. I was I, I watch MOB tonight every night when, when I'm not doing something else. And I was watching last night, and I tweeted, uh, MOB tonight, the greatest show on television, is back and in fine form because they were breaking down the, the mental processes that Shohei Otani were, was going through before throwing a weighted ball at a wall. It was hilarious. They're breaking down how he put his sweatshirt on, how he took it off, how he sips water, kind of as a bit. But it mm-hmm. was it was funny, so I tweeted it, and then they they put it on the show. So awesome! That was cool. Look at you. Um, I stayed up last night, actually, later than I've stayed up a very long time during a weekday, and watched some of the Angels athletics game. Yeah, just to just to get eyes on Shohei. He goes he goes ten strikeouts through like six innings. Angels lose two to one. The the Angels are an enigma, man. It's they sad. just have so much. Uh, I shouldn't say so much talent. They have got so much money wrapped up in some of their talent, and they've just never been able to completely fortify that team. And they, and even when they have, they've never put it all. They just can't put it together. It is, it is just mind-boggling. They have gone through managers. They have gone through players. It's just like whatever they throw out there, it just, they just can't figure it out. And you just. You, you almost feel bad. Now, Mike Trout, granted, he's, he's toiling away in L.A., but he's toiling away in L.A. for the wrong team. Mike Trout is just an absolutely fantastic player. Between him and Otani, there is two huge reasons to go to those games, and nobody cares. The Angels just, it, they, they just stink. They just have just stunk for a long time. Nobody cares, but, man, what talent they have out there in that area, and they just can't figure out ways to win ballgames. I think Otani is going to be dealt at the deadline. You think so? I mean, their team stinks. Mm -hmm. And unless Anthony Rendon turns into Rendon of four years ago and Renfro suddenly becomes an all-star and their pitching staff for the first time in 20 years actually goes through a season pitching well, they're not going to be good. And their division is a murderer's row. It's, It's the Dodgers, I believe. Oh no, no, no! It's in the AL. Uh, the Mariners, yeah. but but the Mariners, the Mariners are really yeah. good. Um, so I I think he's going to be dealt. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He's leaving anyway. He wants to play for for a team that wins. So mm-hmm. I could see him for the largest like a a Juan Soto times three haul. I, I mean, he's the greatest baseball player to ever walk the earth. Um, boy, is he? 
I don't want to, no, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. Is he better than guys like Gwynn and Rose who were so good and so consistent for such a long period of time? Did either of them win Cy Young Awards? Well, that's what I'm saying. He's he's an enigma. Well, he's a he's a top he's three t- hitter in the game and a top right. three pitcher in the game at the same time. Mm-hmm. The last one to do something like that maybe would be like Babe Ruth because Babe Ruth pitched. Right. He's like Babe Ruth if Babe Ruth had a lot more talent. Right. Put down the hot dogs. Seriously. <laughs> like what? And I don't mean to do the young guy crapping on old relics, but the Babe Ruth threw what? Like like low 90s? Oh, it, he was pitching, pitching to changed, dudes yeah. that were firemen. P- yeah, pitching, like pitching has changed. You, you can't. You, yeah, you can't. Comp- That's like when people want to compare Aaron Rodgers to Bart Starr. You can't. You can't do it because it's just two completely different eras. It's. Plus, it's two d- completely different styles of coaching and for what they ask the quarterbacks to do. It just, yeah, I mean, you just you can't do it. They're both great in their own right. I, I agree with you. And, and, you know, I mean, look at how far technology has come. You know, would ba- Babe Ruth has hit many home runs or more had he played in today's era? He, d- he probably would have hit 800 because they moved the fences in. The cavernous ballparks they used to play in? I mean, he was facing dudes throwing mid-80s. I faced mid-80s in high school. Right. But that's what I'm saying. But back then, that was fast. I mean, I you know, would he have been a better pitcher had he been able to go through the pitching lab that they have today? Putting, you know, those little green balls all over your body and having you pitch and getting your technique and... And velocity and spin rate and everything down. Had he been, would he have been a better hitter with the analytics of launch angle? Yeah, you just you can't compare it. You just don't know because he looked like a fat old man versus these, you know, these guys that take care of. Their, had he had the same nutritionists and the same, you know, resources available, would he have been even better than what he was? I mean, you know, you got to you would figure. But he didn't, right? You know. But he didn't, right? Yeah, we're we're working in the in the in the real life here. It's no, right? You know, I know. No what ifs. So anyway, uh, yeah, we're we're we can we can sit and drink on this stuff all day without a doubt. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. A couple of segments to go. Don't forget, coming up in about ten fifteen minutes. What did we miss? And we'll talk with uh, Ben more about that coming up here shortly. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends out there at uh, Point Brewing in Stevens Point and uh, the home of Cider Boys. Which Cider Boys, I uh, I relish, love it. Check out our friends from uh, Point Brewing and Cider Boys. They have the Strawberry Magic that's out there now. That's our friends at Point Brewing. Tell them we sent you. Say a whole lot more coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael Show. We are live. We're out here at the uh, Lakers Ice Center. We are in Sheboygan. That's where you can find us. It's the Greater, Mid- uh, Greater Midwest RV Show. Brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV. Just, by the way, just voted as the uh, the best RV dealer in the state of Wisconsin. So uh, congratulations to them for that a fine accomplishment. Good stuff from them. And uh, let's do this. Uh, I got one. Uh, <laughs> 
This is from uh, this is from Jesse. Jesse says, uh, "Hey guys, I heard you talking earlier about Blake Griffin. He's one of the biggest jags in the NBA, and there's a lot of them." He says he's always got that smirk on his face. Last night, I just wanted to run down on the court when he was shooting his free throws and slap that mouthpiece out of his face. Uh, Jesse, I think you and I don't know how many people were left at the time, maybe 6,000, would have loved to do that too. Now, remember, he missed the first one and the place went nuts because nobody likes the guy. The place went crazy, screaming and cheering when he missed that first uh, free throw. But when he made the next one, did you see his reaction when he started clapping and, like, just taunting the fans, just, like, em- emphatically screaming and taunting the fans last night? He's just such a such a weenie. Uh, just, uh, I hope, I, I, I'm, you know, right before that uh, Eastern Conference final series, uh, I'm going to head to a local church and say a couple of novenas, hoping to God that the Bucks are able to get past. The Bucks are going to need home court advantage throughout that thing, too, big time. Uh, just hoping to get because and here's the other thing, the the Celtics have no fear of the Bucks in Milwaukee, so the Bucks are going to have to protect the home court big time, because if the if the Celtics come in and steal one, oh boy, oh boy, not not going to be an easy way to go, not at all. So I just you know cross your fingers that they're able to get out of that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Jason says, did you see that Adam Wainwright sang the national anthem? Not a Cardinals fan, but thought that was pretty cool. I don't care. I did not. I I didn't see it. Ben, did you see it? I did. Any any thoughts upon there? Oh, speaking of the national anthem, let me me step back for a minute. There was a girl last night. And if somebody was at the game last night, please help me out who it was at the Bucks game. Who I think she's 14. She's been singing the national anthem since she was seven. She crushed it. Like young Whitney Houston kind of crushed it. it. She was fantastic. Whoever she was, let me know. Because, man, she could sing. Last, oh, so good. So good. Just crushed it last night. But Wainwright? Okay. I'm sure there's – I mean, I remember, uh, God, there was a there was a defensive back that played for Cincinnati. I can't remember the guy's name. But he was a singer. He was a singer in a band. Bronson Arroyo played for the Reds. He uh, He's he's um, he's in a band that's actually on tour now with a bigger band, and they're, they're, the, they're the opening act. I mean, there's quite a few athletes that have been able to, to sing or play music or whatever and have been performers in that particular sense. Oh, Brett Myers. Brett Myers. I guess okay. I would know him better than people yeah. here would, I guess. Yeah. He was awesome. No, I'm just, I'm random dudes. I don't know. Has there ever been a Milwaukee brewer that's uh, been really astute at, say, playing the guitar or keyboards or something or singing in general? I can't remember. But who knows? It happens. So Adam Wainwright singing the national anthem. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. I can't remember the – God, I can't, can't remember the guy's name. He was a defensive back, and my God, he was so good. So good at singing, singing the, uh, the – or just singing in general. Uh, let's go back to the phone calls. Talk to Fred listening to us in Green Bay. Fred, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hi, Bill. Enjoy your program. I got a thanks question so much. for you. Who do you uh, thanks for talking baseball. Who do you think has more lifetime triples? Hank Aaron, Pete Rose, 
Babe Ruth, Robin Yount. Uh, what about Otani? I have a feeling it's a loaded question. I would go with Robin Yount at this point. <laughs> well, Babe. Babe Is has 136. Babe Ruth has 136. Robin has 126. Rose has 135. And Hank has 98. Okay. Hank said hitting triples, hitting triples is a combination of speed, power, and the gaps, and making good decisions on the bases. Mm-hmm. The shame of it is every time we see a picture of Babe, he's overweight, you know, and, and I recognize that. But the guy had 136 triples. If yeah. that doesn't affect you, Martin McGuire went 11 years with no triples, 4,000 yeah. at bats. He yeah, had he didn't run six well. lifetime triples. So, uh, you know, I know you're not throwing stones at Babe, but what you have to do is factor in the degree of difficulty. Yeah. When Bonds hit, when Bonds hit number six sixty to tie Mays, this is about twenty years ago, in April of two thousand and four. USA Today ran a couple of uh, numbers past us regarding the top four home run hitters of all time: Hank, Babe, uh, Willie, and Barry. Mm-hmm. In Babe's time, the league hit one point one home runs per hundred at bats. So you give a guy 500 at-bats, the average player in Babe's time was hitting five home runs a year. Babe hit eight and a half home runs per 100 at-bats. Sitting five, Babe was hitting 42. I mean, that is awesome. Yeah, and you can remember, I appreciate the phone call, but you go back then, and that's what I was saying, the size of ballpark back then, the depth of outfield back then was was 10 15, 20 feet bigger. And Babe Ruth was hitting home runs pretty prestigiously back in those days. Um, Yeah, it's... I have it's, a question. Yeah, go ahead. Did Babe Ruth ever strike out Mike Trout? <laughs> like, what are we doing it's here? Diff- it's different eras. He, he's just merely giving you perspective. Has, has Babe all. Ruth won a World Baseball Classic MVP? Hey. <laughs> did, did does Otani smoke cigars and cigarettes and eat hot dogs during the game? It's probably a good thing he doesn't. <laughs> uh, it's just a comparison of eras. I mean, you look at like Rose. Rose was what when he gave those statistics. Rose was one triple short of tying that record. Yeah, but he didn't strike out Trout either. No, he. That's didn't. my point. No, but he bet on Trout striking out. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying my argument is is vacuum sealed airtight. No, but no, no. I have talking you're the, points. You're the kind of guy in a really rough sea that grabs onto the dinghy and doesn't let go no matter what. This dinghy will get me there. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said. I want to get you a shirt. I want to get you a shirt. It says that. This dinghy will get me there. <laughs> All right, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. Hang in there. we got a lot more. Another segment yet to go and more fun and frivolity with one Ben Kenny. What did we miss next on the Bill Michaels Show? Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Welcome back to the program, and we are glad you're with us. Uh, the Bill Michael Show continuing on. Final segment before we get out of here. I uh, want to let you know that our friends at Epoxy Flooring at Dunright, it's the place that uh, in my house everybody always hears me talk about short of the windows and says, hey, let's see the floor. They go down to the gym, and sure enough, that's one of the things that everybody uh, seems to really appreciate. And I had it done not that long ago by Sean and the gang, who both do the painting for the room and the floor. They can do it all for you. And I just got to go to epoxyflooringdunright.com. Whether you're in Sheboygan here or up in Green Bay or in Milwaukee or Madison, doesn't matter. Go to epoxy. Excuse me, epoxyflooringdunright.com. That's epoxyflooringdunright.com. Or just give them a call, 262-443-2852, Um, Ben, let's do it. What did we miss? All right, I actually have two big pieces of Milwaukee-related news uh, that Uh-oh. might be interested. Uh, at least one of them might might trip your your event trigger. Maybe it's something you want to spend a day doing. The first okay. is that Shaka Smart, as as the unbiased Big J journalist I am, I must report, he won Big national J. national coach of the year was announced today, and he won. Well, congratulations. You know what? Somebody sent that across the uh, live stream a little while ago. But uh, congratulations. He had a hell of a season. Uh, granted, disappointed they didn't get out of the first weekend. But uh, but a hell of a season and a heck of a turnaround for the Marquette Golden Eagles in that program. And you would assume it's only going to get better. Uh, so uh, I'm already looking forward to college hoops and Marquette basketball next year. And hopefully we're talking about all the programs in the state doing extremely well. But, yeah, kudos to Shaka Smart, man. Hell of a year this year. More importantly, when it comes to Milwaukee, on April 6th in the Deer District, it is the first annual World Burrito Eating Contest. That is next Thursday. I don't know the time. It is sponsored by Codoba. All professional eaters will join together and see how many Codoba burritos they can put down in the allotted time. A notable participant, all-time great professional eater Joey Chestnut. I was just going to say, is that a Joey Chestnut event? So I get that question answered. Now, that brings up the question. Do you know what the question is, Ben? Can we broadcast live from Joey Chestnut's show? No, no, I, I, no, I, I don't want to hear that because you'll hear breathing and slopping and gorging and grunting, and nobody needs to hear that. I hear enough of that alone when I'm by myself, and uh, trust me, I gross myself out. No, the question then becomes... Yes, Qdoba is coming to town, but which do you prefer, oh, Qdoba? It's Chipotle. Chipotle. It's not even close. Okay, I you know it's funny because when Qdoba came out, man, it was all Qdoba all the time. I loved Qdoba, loved it, and then Chipotle came into my life, and uh, yeah, you get that chicken burrito, you get the uh, the brown rice, the black beans, get the chicken. Get some of the medium sauce. I don't get hot sauce because it'll cause me to wear asbestos underwear later that night. But uh, the sour cream, the uh, the heavy cheese, a little bit of let- light lettuce, a little, little bit of crunch, and, oh, you got yourself something there. And whatever you don't eat, you use it for a pillow. You take it home because they're nice. that big. So oh. there, was a, there was a time when Chipotle did not have queso. So I was a Cadoba eater until Chipotle got queso. And Once since they got then, queso, you were converted. Okay. I, I haven't had Cadoba, except I will say Cadoba's taco salads for a time were quite yeah. good. And there's um, a very well-placed Cadoba that's open late at night 
in downtown Madison next to all the bars. So it's yeah, hard to I, avoid. There's a Qdoba right near my house. So, I mean, it's closer than the Chipotle by about maybe a half a mile. I'll go to the Qdoba every now and then. I'll admit that. I don't I don't mind going to Qdoba. But Chipotle, if I have my druthers, I go to Chipotle. All right. But, so... <laughs> Oh, There's no segue out of that. I have nothing more on burritos, but okay. if anybody what wants else? to do something fun with their Thursday afternoon, go down to the Deer District and see Joey Chestnut vomit burrito all over the place. There you go. It'll be more interesting than when Wisconsin played their tournament game there against Iowa State. <laughs> um, with the same result. You, what, throw up at the end? Yeah. So you mentioned that Gwyneth Paltrow won the trial. I believe yes. she won her countersue for $1. It was yes. just for the sake of countersuing. And on the way out, um, she said something along the lines of, like, have a nice life. Like, uh, like yes. F Yeah, exactly. Which is incredible. It was, I thought that she said it to the guy's attorney. Like, you know, um, I can't remember what the exact words were, but it was kind of I from when we were talking about it earlier, people were saying she said it to the guy's attorney, like, you know, I wish you the best or something like that. You know, meaning this guy's a jag and now you still have to deal with him. But, yeah, she won the countersuit for a dollar and the judge basically awarded her in the lawsuit the attorney's fee. Well, they're they're working on the total. But basically the attorney's fees. So the guy lost both both counts. She won the countersuit, and the guy w t turned out to be a total liar, a total jag. And, and you know, now he's, he's very well known as being just uh, the ass among asses. I mean, most importantly, it seems like he's a bad skier. Well, he's a black diamond skier, too. And, and some are saying that he he did this on purpose. It's all relative. That he ran into her on purpose. Yeah. And uh, she here's the here's the worst part about it. She had her kids with her. Do you know that? I did. Yeah. She had her kids with her. Man, the guy skis right into her, and the kids takes everybody down. And a ski instructor, and the instructor was there and testified on behalf of Gwyneth Paltrow to say, no, this guy just came out of nowhere and started clubbing people, took everybody down. Just amazing. I mean, this guy's given me ideas of, how, you know, <laughs> if it comes down to it. Here's the thing, Bill. I've been landed yes. on by snowboard. I, I've gotten in crashes. It's all it, it's never been my fault. It's always been a snowboarder's fault. And that is that is why I, I have some sort of agenda against the art of snowboarding. But mm -hmm. the thing is where it's happened. It's been on a small little hill in western Pennsylvania where I, I don't think that there are millions of dollars hiding behind a, like an actress's door right you know what i mean right. so yep. it hasn't really been worth the uh the effort to sue even though now i might think about it yep i'm kidding well now you got to consider it go down ride around and paint on with the leg and then you know tell them they took your knee out bill Something i'm receiving some correspondence right now that i don't know how to pronounce Kadoba. is isn't it just qdoba i is it, the q is the q hole well, it might be qdoba it might be Kadoba. But I, I'm receiving, I'm getting direct messages saying that I don't know how to pronounce it. Put it this way. I've always said 95% of the people know what you're talking about and don't really care. They're like, okay, he's got it. He knows what the hell he's talking about. We just, you know, he's not pronouncing it correctly. Yeah, That's every, fine. Every, That's like Chipotle. You know, it's either Chipotle, Chipotle, Chipotle. You know, I mean, nobody knows how to pronounce the hell, that, that, that thing. And even the, even the workers will differ at times. 
You walk in, just ask them randomly, how do you pronounce the name of this restaurant? You know, usually that should be training 101. This is what our, our how our stores pronounce. But I've gone to the Chipotle up the street from me, and they pronounced it wrong. The real question is, I, I mean, I, everybody knows I have no clue what I'm talking about anyway. So if I mispronounce <laughs> something, it falls in line with anything else. Uh, I'll send correspondence to ask why we right. care. Uh, All th- right. The last comment. We have Live Orlando this week, Bill. Oh, geez. Put that on the power ranking of things to do in Orlando. Include every theme park and then probably live, even though they're playing rather, on a local Muni, which is hilarious. I would rather put a strategically placed croc in an area of my body and then slam in the car door than watch the live golf tour. It would actually defend that part of your body given its texture. <laughs> so, nice try. All right. All right. That'll do it. Time for us to go. Have a great weekend. You got the Brewers baseball tomorrow, Final Four tomorrow, Bucks basketball on Sunday, championship game Monday, and I will be back discussing it all come Monday. Uh, thanks to everybody coming out here to the uh, Lakers I- our Ice Center. And keep coming out here all weekend to the Cunis RV Greater Midwest RV Show. Time for us to go. Have a going. Boop.